Welcome to Empire Building, the podcast where we talk about building big businesses and even bigger lives. I'm your co-host, Via Williams. And I'm Seychelle Van Poole. You know, if you're not intentional about meetings, they're really going to be a waste of everyone's time, energy, and resources. And I know we all have been in situations where there's a standing meeting on the calendar that really serves no purpose other than the fact it's on everyone's calendar. Wah, so, wah, wah. Uh, it's the worst. <laughs> I mean, haven't you had it where you look oh. and you're just like, why? Yes. Why am I doing yes. this? Horrible. So yes. it's terrible. So today we're going to discover how you can make the most out of the meetings that you have. Because everyone knows meetings are instrumental to success in businesses, right? Getting smart people in a room together to solve problems or to move something forward is a fantastic thing. So, um, you know, they help you and your team coordinate and manage your business operations. They help you to grow, see problems that you might not have seen before. So when we're looking at it, we want to make sure that we are getting the most impactful amount of time that we can out of them. So um, when we're looking at this, um, you know, I think the most important thing we need to do is um, really make sure that meetings are not boring, that they're not a waste of time. And especially because, you know, meetings can get held the wrong way. You may be even holding oh, they too many meetings. they usually are held the wrong way. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you may For even sure. be holding too many meetings to the point that it disrupts <laughs> the ebb and flow of your operations. So to put an end to this, we're going to introduce you to five strategies that will make your meetings more impactful and productive. So mm-hmm. let's kick it off. Um, and then I'm just going to throw one extra one on here because it's super fun, which is how you show up for meetings shows others how to come and show up themselves. So when you're hosting a meeting, make sure you're aware as the leader, empire builders, that you're leading by example. It's a great opportunity to help others grow in ways that they don't even realize. So um, we'll dig into that with some specific examples, but I think it's really important to be aware that how you're showing up is how everybody else is going to show up too. That's right. So strategy one is always have an agenda. No agenda, no attenda. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I did not write this. (laughs) Did I just literally say that out loud? You did it and it was fantastic. I said that out loud. But um, this is a big one for me. I cannot stand a meeting without an agenda, even if it's an ad hoc meeting. Yeah. Um, In fact, fact, I'll give you an example. This morning, I had a, it was a, a phone call Um, I needed to connect with someone and we got on the phone and I said, hey, look, I don't know what you had for me. I have three things to go over. And he was like, perfect. What are they? And he said, yep, that's perfect. I I had two of those three. The third one's a good one. So we just, you know, even on a 15 minute phone call, we were able to go through an agenda. Like you have to have something Mm -hmm. that you have to have a, a joint you know, community agreement about what mm-hmm. it is you're meeting about. Otherwise, you'll talk about everything. I mean, it just yeah. doesn't work, right? You have to yeah. have an agenda and know what the outcome is. Like, what do we want at the outcome at the end of this particular meeting, right? Mm-hmm. Well, and I think, too, that that also means that you have to prepare for whatever meeting you're going to have. Ad hoc meetings on the fly that don't have a desired outcome or purpose become... Um, more of a brainstorming session. And if you're going to have a brainstorming session, let's have it around a specific topic. So, you know, I, the biggest trigger thing for me is when someone says, hey, do you have a minute? Like, I don't know what that minute's for. Are we going to end up three hours later still working on a problem that we didn't see coming? So let's let's put yeah. some thought, purpose, and planning behind it um, and distribute the agenda ahead of time so that we know what we're doing. And then I have time to prepare for you. I can even come with ideas. Well, 
And I mean, you know what an agenda is. It's a framework. It is. <laughs> Which, you know, for all of our regular framework. listeners know that I thrive on frameworks. We still need to do that jingle. We need to do a framework mm-hmm. jingle. I'm but in. that's really what an agenda is, is. It's a framework. You can actually be more creative with a framework, I believe, than without. I totally agree with that. Um, and so the other thing we need to consider with that too is you can then dive right in. You can assume everyone is preparing for the meeting and it's going to save you time on the back end because people are going to come ready to rock and roll for you. So I love that. Number two is um, to determine the purpose of the meeting beforehand. Generally, uh, meetings are held for three different purposes. The first one is to share information, right? Mm -hmm. Proper dissemination of information is vital to a smooth operation. You know, Mm -hmm. and Sarah always says, right, in their meetings, they talk about when they're sharing information, right, who's going to own this, who needs to know Mm -hmm. this, and how are we going to get the message out? So when you're sharing information, know who needs to share the message, what needs to be shared, and how you're distributing it. Um, you know, and I think too, this is one of the core reasons to hold a meeting team updates. It's easier to tell 20 people all at once than it is to tell one person and then another, and then another, and then another. So note, you know, that the flow of these meetings is in one direction. It's usually either up to leadership from employees. Um, an example could be like including reports on sales, reports on operations, reports on budget, um, or it could be down from team members or employees from senior management. And that could include like feedback on a task or updates um, from daily operations as well. The other thing too is this is good for training. And, you know, mm-hmm. um, why would you train one person when 20 people need to know it? That You yes. know, why would you have 20 one-on-ones when you can have one meeting with 20 there, right? Mm-hmm. And so training is a good example of that as well. I love that. The second reason for meetings is to brainstorm solutions to problems. And so sometimes you need to diagnose a critical problem that's ailing your business. Um, And often that calls for a meeting where your team gets together to brainstorm solutions to that problem. Um, These sessions are all about getting out ideas without making concrete decisions. It's about getting the most amount of brain power you possibly can from that meeting. Um, And you know, we all know that when you have a bunch of smart people in a room, you're going to get better ideas than if you were doing it by yourself. Um, mm-hmm. But don't feel like in that same meeting, you have to commit to finding the end answer. You might need to take a little bit of time, narrow it down, and come back and finalize that, which is number three, making mm-hmm. important decisions. That's your third reason to hold meetings. Um You can hold meetings to make decisions on issues, but these types of meetings can sometimes get heated and passionate. So it's really crucial to ensure that all your participants have reached a consensus of the direction the company or the decision is making at the end of that meeting. Um, And it's really important, we'll talk about this a little bit, but the way you communicate when you're making your decisions um, is important because you want to leave all conflicts left in the meeting room during that session. Like what happens in the meeting room stays in the meeting room. We work it out here. You know, Mm -hmm. and when you identify the purpose of a meeting beforehand, it really helps you prepare better for them, I think. You're going to waste less time on unnecessary issues as a result of that. But ultimately, if your next meeting, um, you know, is coming around and you have a lot of unresolved issues, it's not going to be as fulfilling um, because, you haven't resolved the issues from the one before. So finish what you started and then take it to the next decision after that. Your time is better spent with those productive tasks. Speaking of time, (laughs) number three is start on time and end early. So 
Uh, I love this, and I, I'm going to tell you a hack that I do um, on this as well. But um, you should always start your meetings on time. And as the leader, you can model this, right? Mm-hmm. Even if not everybody's there, you can still start it. I learned the hard way. I, I run a couple really large Zooms with like a couple hundred people mm-hmm. in them. And, and at first, what I would do is I would have music going and and I would kind of start content at like, you know, 11.04 or 11.05. The meeting, you know, was supposed to start mm-hmm. at 11. And I got some feedback from someone. They're like, look, it's just a waste of time. For the first four or five minutes, you're waiting for everybody to get on time. I don't even get there on time anymore. And mm-hmm. it, it really hit me between the eyes. And so now I start that. Granted, I start at like 11.01 or 11.02 because yeah. with, when there's that many people getting on a Zoom, right. admittedly, there, there can be some technical glitches. But right at 01 or 02, I go right into content. And you know what? A ton of people are coming in and that's okay. I mean, mm-hmm. you just have to start on time. I, I have learned the hard way. Um one of the ways you can do this is by having an agenda. <laughs> so when you mm-hmm. have an agenda, you can map out, you know, how long each segment is going to be or each topic or each segments, right? And you can kind of, you know, if one's more important or you know is going to take a longer discussion, you can plan for that and not be surprised by that. But but my hack that I do on this, say, is... Um, Oftentimes, I will block an hour with people, but I almost always plan a 45-minute meeting. Mm. I I don't like hour meetings. Sometimes they go, if it's going to go an hour, I want that to be an organic thing that the group is is causing. So most of my, now, sometimes I'll do that. If it's a Mm 30-minute meeting, I'll kind of schedule it roughly to go 20 or 25 minutes, right? So Mm -hmm. that's what I try to do. And then that gives me uh, time if it does go over. Because if it goes over, it's because people are talking and they're engaging and they're getting into it. And I don't actually hate that. So that's what I do. And it depends on the meeting. Yeah, it, it totally does. And, um, I do like the idea though, that you gave of just jumping right into it because people are going to realize too, like, oh, okay, for, for this meeting, VS starts on time. Therefore I need to get here on time if I don't want to miss something or be seen as the kid sneaking in after the bell rings. So I do think you set the tone as a leader for how that needs to go. Um, number four strategy is fostering useful communication. And there's two things you want to pay attention to when you're dealing with engagement in a meeting, especially for larger ones. The first one is making sure people are engaged. Um, and so making sure you're asking questions or feedback that fosters communication and ensuring that all participants are making contributions to the meeting. We all know that when you're in the middle of a meeting and there's that one or two like set of people that are just completely tuned out, that it can bring the energy down for the entire room or the entire meeting because they feel like they're not even actively aware of what's happening. So if someone's silent, I usually, like this morning, we had our uh, script practice for our team and we had a couple people that were silent and I was making sure to say, hey, I haven't heard from you yet. I'm about to call on you next. So I want you to be thinking about what your answer is going to be. So I'm not making somebody feel negative or bad about a situation, but I am letting them know that this is a participatory meeting and you are going to be participating in this. So start thinking about what you want to say next. Yeah, that reminds me. Um, I have this, I have a standing meeting um, and and I have one particular person who I can tell because it's on Zoom. Yep. I can tell is always multitasking and they look like they're looking at the camera but you can kind of tell it's like a frozen smile and you can see them typing. I don't know. Yeah. You can just tell. Yeah. To me, you can just yeah. tell. And, and, you know, back in the day, I would kind of call out this person, mm-hmm. you know, and I was kind of, I was kind of, um, 
I think a little smirky about it if you ask me, but you know, because it's disrespectful and you feel well, like, look, I'm teaching you. You're this like, why am I spending this time? Why am yeah. I here? Why am I wasting my time? Yeah. yeah. As as a leader, you can start to feel a little deflated yeah. and annoyed. Yeah, I, um, I did. You know, and yeah, it for probably sure. wasn't awesome. What I do now is, um, is I I actively engage that person. Um, mm-hmm. So I'll say, hey, um, I, I'm sorry. Did I? Did you say something? Or did you? Do you have a response that I saw your? I saw your facial expression there. Like I'm very tuned into that person mm-hmm. and I'm I'm bringing them in constantly and it's just better. It's better for everybody. It's better for me. It's better for them rather than mm-hmm. the call out, right? Yeah. That said, right. we do have a rule in one of my meetings. Uh, in one of my standing meetings, the rule is if, you, if you're if you muted and you take a call, we will boot you out to the waiting room on Zoom. Mm-hmm. I love that. And then you That's have awesome. to you have to ask have to, to ask come back in when you're off your call. That's good. Yes. And to the point where now they just excuse themselves out. <laughs> well, at least at least now you know. That's good. Yeah. The other, yeah. you know, the other thing I was thinking about is when decisions have to be made and sometimes it gets heated. Um, we you know, oftentimes people want to look good in public and and disagree behind closed doors, but sometimes you actually have to have um, open communication and open dialogue and permission to disagree to get to the root of an issue. And I think about this, especially when we have big decisions that need to be made. You might have sales and operations brains in the same room. They see things from two very different sides of a coin. And so when that happens, one of the biggest things that I will do to foster useful communication is say, listen, this meeting is about at the end of this meeting for or the end of this, like, session that we're doing today for us to be on the same page and to come up with a final decision that's there. But the road to get there means that we have to ask questions or openly disagree or openly discuss things that one person may see something one way and one may see it the other. And I fully expect that we're not going to be perfect, beautiful angels during this process. I want there to be open, honest, real conversation here and nothing left unsaid. So... With that, let's make some decisions and let's talk openly about it. And it's to the point now where our team knows that they have a safe environment that no one's going to be put down for their feedback. And if someone gives you feedback you don't appreciate, the first thing you need to say is like the Via said something I didn't agree with in a meeting. I would say, Via, thank you for sharing your thoughts on that. I really Mm -hmm. appreciate your input. You always thank somebody first for it. You never, if Via said something I disagreed with, the worst thing I can do to her is say, I don't agree with that, or that's a terrible idea, or why would you say that, or this isn't going to work. So um, we have to really pay attention to how we treat someone with that um, to make sure that you are helping to foster and create a safe space for communication. Yeah, that's right. Uh, strategy number five is know your role. Now I'm going to share with you that <laughs> we are using meeting, uh, we are using notes here. I don't agree with actually with, with what's on here. So I'm going to share with you, you share what, <laughs> what, what I do, because this is saying that the typical meeting has four roles, the chair, the timekeeper, the participants, and the closer. I know no meeting that has all those things. I, do you go into a meeting and there's like, you're the timekeeper, you're the closer. Do you really do that? No, but I do think... Is that a thing? I think in the cadence of a meeting, you definitely have one person that's leading the direction of it. You have another person that's Well, that's that what I was going to say. Task, I, I think right? it's like, really important to know who's leading the meeting, 100%. Yep. And, and to the point where you need to state it sometimes. Like, yeah. you know, so-and-so is leading the meeting. I That is that is integral. Mm-hmm. I've just never heard of like four roles, like the timekeeper, the participants, the closer. So this is supposed to be organic or is it supposed to be assigned? 
Well, I think it's, in my opinion, it's more organic. And to the point where, let's give you an example. This morning, the same school practice I was just talking to you about, there becomes a bunny trail, right? And one of the team members herds everybody back, right? The timekeeper's like, okay, I'm bringing us back to the goal is X. I think you have these four Okay, that makes total sense. There always Um, is that person. But there's always a person or two, if it's a really large meeting, that's helping to corral everybody back. You have one person at the front. Like I think about our our regional meetings for Keller Williams. You have one person at the front leading. You have somebody else that's keeping an eye on the clock that might even be giving the leader of the meeting a one minute, a five minute, Mm -hmm. uh, you know. (laughs) We even do that That on our podcast, right? Sometimes we'll be like, okay, keep it going, right? So you have a timekeeper. I don't know that it's like, I have a badge on, right? That's like, I'm That's what I was like, I was like, what? <laughs> I'm going to send you a was... badge now. It's this timekeeper. I'm a timekeeper. <laughs> but, but, you know, um, I, I often think that is the chair as well. Sometimes yeah. it, it is a, a, it a third party. But sometimes, I mean, when I'm leading a meeting, I'm also very aware of the time too, when I'm kind of the moderator, if you will, or the leader. Yeah. 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 Um, it's interesting because the closer to me would be the chairperson. Oh, and sometimes. it is saying that this role yeah, is typically sometimes performed it is, by yeah. the chair, but it can be done by another person. To me, sometimes okay. it's my director of ops too. Like that will be like, okay, I think we got enough of what we need to do. But let's go implement and, and we'll come back to the table. Mm-hmm. Here's what I'm hearing. Well, the important right? thing is though, that you really do have to know the roles, regardless mm-hmm. of what they are. And, and regardless of, you know, whether it's these four things or not, you always have to know who's leading the meeting. You know, you, you do need to stay on track. You're right. There always is that person. I hadn't really thought about that before. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, there's, there's the participants, obviously. And then there, mm-hmm. you know, who is going to close out the meeting? What is going to signify that that mm-hmm. meeting is done? That is what's important, right? Mm-hmm. Whatever that looks like for you, whether it's, mm-hmm. you know, one of Sarah's level 10 meetings um, or, you know, yep. this, I, I do think it's good to, to know the roles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I like that you started out by saying you disagreed, but then in the end you agreed. Well, I still kind of disagree with those four. <laughs> things. Like, I think, I'm like, really? But no, I, you're right. I'm, I'm very open-minded. <laughs> Very open-minded person. That's good. We had an agenda and we can openly disagree with how how it goes sometimes. But in the end, we find consensus. I don't disagree. I just think it's a little... (laughs) I was just picturing this timekeeper like Flavor Flav, (laughs) like the big clock around the neck. I would love that. Oh my gosh. That is actually what we need. That's what we need. That is what we need. That would be fantastic. Well, I know. I I think, you know, at the end of the day, if you can accomplish these five things in a meeting... Your participants will thank you. And I think it's going to be more productive, which is have an agenda, determine the purpose of it ahead of time, right? Make sure you know why you're getting together. Start and end on time and even a little early. You can end a little early too. Foster- Sasha, we're 1841. So can you hurry it up, please? Thank you, timekeeper. I certainly will. <laughs> That's when you will. I think I just, you know. Uh, yeah, Are you the closer? Does this mean Foster you're useful right communication now? and know okay. your role. So um, <laughs> let's end early on this one and we'll be effective with all of this. Because I'm a time good today. timekeeper and you're Thank a good you. closer. Thank, Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay. <laughs> all right, good. Well, I hope you enjoyed our five five rules of an effective meeting. We hope you have a great day. Bye guys.